Hello, this is Technology Corner for the week of August 27th, 2006. I'm Bill Blinn with an hour's worth of technology news in far less than an hour because we leave out the sports, the jingles, the weather, and the commercials. Don't forget to drop me a note. I like to hear from listeners. Let me know where in the world you are and what you think of the format. The address, bill.blinn, B-L-I-N-N, at techbiter, T-E-C-H-B-Y-T-E-R, dot com. Last week I talked about Dell's battery recall for more than 4 million Sony-made batteries. These batteries, as we've talked about in previous shows, have a problem. They overheat, and in fact, sometimes they burst into flames. There are pictures of a flaming Dell computer from Japan. So it uh, can be a fairly dangerous problem. I mentioned at the time that other manufacturers also are using the same batteries from the same manufacturer, Sony. One of those is Apple. I suggested there would probably be a recall by Apple and some of the others before too long. Well, Apple has now issued its own recall for 1.1 million units. Apple, however, says there is no danger to continuing to use the batteries And Apple didn't exactly go out of its way to make the information available on its website. When I first heard about the recall, I went to Apple's website to see if the battery in the PowerBook G4 that I own might be included. As a matter of fact, it was not, although the number on the battery was pretty close. There were only a few hundred digits off. So, I went to the website, expecting to find information about the battery recall right on the main page. There wasn't anything. I looked at the top, I looked at the bottom, I looked in the middle, I looked at the left, I looked at the right. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. There's a hot news section. Well, (laughs) if you're going to put something about hot batteries in its news, it would seem to fit in the hot news section. So I tried that. Lots of news releases, product announcements, typical PR stuff. Nothing about the battery recall. So I tried the support section. The support section showed me pictures. It showed me pictures of iPods and computers and software. Well, I figured I probably wanted to look in the hardware, the computer section of the support area, and drilled down through that till I found portable computers, which listed MacBooks and PowerBooks and the like. It must be there. Uh, but no wasn't there either. So I decided to search. I typed in battery recall. I did allow the search to restrict what it looked at to just PowerBook G4 because that's what I have and that's what they're recalling batteries for. No direct hits in the search results. However, there were some highlights listed below there that showed PowerBook G4 computers, how to identify different models. Uh, It had a section on all about lithium-ion batteries. I took a look there, and it was just about lithium-ion batteries and how they work. There was the PowerBook G4 support overview, nothing there. There was a section on iPod batteries. Well, that wasn't what I was looking for. And then there was another section about notebook batteries. None of those had 
anything. I was beginning to feel like, remember the Monty Python cheese shop sketch? The guy goes into the cheese shop and asks for different kinds of cheese, and they don't seem to have any kind of cheese. And finally he says, it's not much of a cheese shop, is it? Well, I was beginning to think the same of the Apple website, so I popped out to Google, did a Google search for Apple battery recall, and scrolled down through the list, and eventually found a link to Apple's website talking about 15-inch MacBook Pro battery exchange program. Actually, I thought I'd found what I was looking for, but because there was no date on the information on the Apple website, uh, what I'd found was actually about an earlier battery recall, and I did eventually find what I was looking for, but it took about 30 minutes total to do it. Now, see how easy that method was compared to the convoluted method that Windows-type manufacturers go through. You go to the Dell website, and right on the main page, where you can't possibly miss it, Notebook Battery Recall. Apple thinks different. Sometimes I wish they'd think the same as the rest of us. Okay, so now that I've kicked Apple around, it's time to give Microsoft the boot. If you have a Windows computer and you have not visited windowsupdate.microsoft.com this week, I would recommend that you do so. They have an update to an update. seems that one of the updates that they installed on your computer through the critical update patch system recently had a flaw in it. And actually, the underlying problem here is that the automatic update system doesn't always automatically update. Here's what I mean by that. On Friday, one of my computers showed that it needed nine critical patches, even though the automatic update procedure is enabled. A co-worker had 15 to install. Another co-worker had zero. That's just nuts. How can computers running the same operating system with the same settings for automatic updates have such totally different results? Apple's automatic update system is far better. But I digress. Why should you go to the website and download this patch? Well, you should do that because Microsoft's original patch that was intended to remedy an Internet Explorer security problem actually made the problem worse. The patch made it possible for Internet Explorer to crash in a way that allowed attackers to exploit the crash and take control of the PC. Let's take a look at the timeline. Microsoft released the original patch on August 8th. It had a critical rating. That's Microsoft's highest rating. That patch fixed eight vulnerabilities in IE, but Microsoft quickly reported that the patch was causing crashes. Then the security firm EI Digital Security discovered and reported that the crash could be used to obscure an attacker's installation of malicious code. Microsoft just this past week released the replacement patch. Why the delay? Well, it seems there are incompatibilities with distribution tools that some companies use to install Microsoft patches. So whether you have automatic updates turned on or not, take the time to point Internet Explorer. Don't try to use a non-Microsoft browser because it won't work. Point your browser at windowsupdate.microsoft.com. Other browsers won't work because other browsers can't run ActiveX controls. Those are required. 
and maybe someone at Microsoft would like to explain why one of the least secure technologies they make, specifically ActiveX, has to be installed and running and used to download security patches from Microsoft. Oh, and speaking of stupid, remember the problem with AOL releasing all that data recently? Well, AOL has apparently found some scapegoats. They have fired their chief technology officer and two other people. Maureen Govern fired effective immediately. She'd been with the company just a little less than a year. An internal memo cast the firing in a slightly different light. AOL told its employees... Maureen Govern, our chief technology officer, has decided to leave AOL effective immediately. Apparently, she decided to leave effective immediately after they told her to leave immediately. Good decision. AOL has been blasted for posting the results of more than 2 million search queries made by 650,000 AOL subscribers. That happened between March 1st and May 31st. The data was intended to be for academic researchers, and depending on who you listen to, it was actually intended to be used only internally. And it got posted on the website for academic researchers. Or maybe they planned it that way in the beginning, Uh, It's difficult to get this story straight. No personal information about AOL subscribers was intended to be revealed, but uh, several people have looked at the data and have shown that it's possible to figure out who is conducting a search by looking at what they search for. So the fired or retired or resigned govern was responsible for overseeing the AOL division responsible for the data release and... As I said, the company also fired or retired or resigned two other employees who reported to her. In nerdly news, Microsoft is edging closer to Internet Explorer 7. If you visit Microsoft's website that talks about IE7, you'll see that Beta 3 has been replaced by Release Candidate 1. If you have a Mac, don't bother. Microsoft apparently has decided that the Mac should be frozen at an early version 5 release. That's dumb. Uh, but then Mac users have no shortage of browsers that run under OS X. It's just that IE isn't one of them. But what about Release Candidate 1? Well, it's no longer beta, but it's also not exactly the final code. It might be the final code. Probably not, though. Typically, Microsoft runs through a Release Candidate 1 and a Release Candidate 2, and usually the RC2 is what actually is the released code, but RC1 is usually pretty close. This is code that Microsoft considers good enough for general release. So if you're interested, you should be able to install RC1 without causing too many problems. Keep in mind that when you install a new version of Internet Explorer, it removes the previous version. If you're concerned about that, then hold off. Don't install IE7. And if you do install IE7's release candidate want to top any previous version of Internet Explorer, it will remove that version entirely first and require that you restart the computer. That's done to ensure that there are no leftovers from previous versions. I tried the process. It worked pretty smoothly. And when I said it removes everything, it doesn't remove things like your favorites. So you'll open the new version of Internet Explorer, and all the favorites will still be there. No really big changes to the user interface for RC1 from the previous betas. Uh, the feature set's actually been frozen for several months. There are changes uh, in the code, though, and those are mostly bug fixes, along with some performance improvements. RC1 also adds language support for French and Spanish. Other languages will come along later in RC2 or in the final release code. 
Now, what does this spell? A-M-D-A-T-I. Two companies. A-M-D-A-T-I. AMD, big maker of the chips that run computers, not as big as Intel, but big. And ATI, big Canadian manufacturer of video cards. AMD is acquiring the Canadian video card manufacturer for $5.4 billion. $4.2 billion of that is going to be in cash. Acquisition should be completed during the fourth quarter of this year. AMD says the combined company will create... And here we quote the PR folks, a new and more formidable company designed to drive growth, innovation, and choice for its customers. AMD's chairman and CEO Hector Ruiz sees a bright future. More words from the PR department. ATI shares our passion and complements our strengths. Technology leadership and customer-centric innovation. Do people ever really talk like this? Bringing these two great companies together will allow us to transcend what we have accomplished as individual businesses and reinvent our industry as the technology leader and partner of choice. Thank you, Hector Ruiz. Now you can talk like a regular person again. What do you mean I'm a little surly today? Surly to bed, surly to rise. Thanks for listening. This has been Technology Corner for the week of August 27th, 2006. I'm Bill Blinn. Check out the website, www.techbiter.com. You can also send email from there, and I would like to hear from you if you're listening. Let me know where you are, what you think of the format. The address, bill.blinn at techbiter.com.